Jackson pulls the trigger. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Green Bean and Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing tonight? Green Bean, I'm going to throw it to you first. Dude, it's uh, it's the lull, man. We got I don't know what I would do without you guys. So I'm always happy to be here with all of you, man. And uh, you guys are going to get me through it. So thanks for being here for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Lull, Greenbean, you don't want to talk about Zach Wilson being called beefy and then him calling Salah beefy and skinny Denzel Mims. I have so much things to get off my chest today. <laughs> oh, oh I'm good. You're my savior. <laughs> There's so many things we can get into as far as like, they always call the combine the underwear Olympics, but like, OTAs, there's like always all this to do about like what's going on and oh, this guy showed up like this or this guy's not here for this. And people make a whole big issue about it. So we'll get into all that. Boys and girls, if you're just hopping in the chat, make sure you hit that like button. Uh, for every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. And if you're watching this after the fact and you want to get in on the t-shirt giveaway, all you have to do is leave a comment on this video down below. We did get some great comments uh, about the Michael Clemens, Chuck Norris type jokes for last week's stream. So I'll have Matt pull up a few of those. Uh, in a little bit, we'll go through some of those. Those are kind of fun, um, but yeah, we got a, a little bit to talk about. Uh, let's sh let's let's show this real quick. Seven second clip. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert signing with the New York Jets. Very cool. Uh, let's see, you got the audio going. What? Jets! 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 What? I. I could just watch Jeremy's dad over and over again. It just Bill, he makes me smile. He I want to I want to hang out with him. Like he lives like 20 minutes from me. I want to see Bill Rucker. If you're listening and I know that you are, please send me a DM on Twitter and we need to do a live stream for a Jets game or something because I just want to hang out and like have a good time with Bill. That's all. Well, what's so Hell great yeah. about this is is there's no way he's missing his son's first game. And it's the home opener. And mm -hmm. you know who's going to be at the home opener? Oh. The three of us. <laughs> Plus, oh! we, got, we got Richie coming. Jake's going to come. Or not Jake. Uh, Jack. We got uh, the Let's Talk Jets guys, Tyson and Primetime. We got Blewett. Yeah, it's awesome. Buffalo Jet fan's going to be there. It's going to be fun. And we're all we're all hanging out at the at the at the Sack Exchange Jets Lounge thing, aren't we? Oh yeah, I think that's the plan. Got got we got to get in touch with Sack and figure out exactly what he's doing in terms of like tailgate stuff. But I think that's where right. we're uh, where we're going to be at. I can't wait. Yeah. Is it September yet? Yeah, dude. Ugh, it's so it far away. Got all of June, all of July, all of August, and then basically like well, that's two weeks. Not fun. Too much. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. But you know what? Before that, I got you guys, number one. So we can talk. We can get through it. Then we have, like, training camp. Then we got preseason games. You know what I mean? 
People say they want to take preseason out. I, I couldn't live. What the hell's wrong with people taking fucking preseason out? What would you do in out? August if you took preseason out? Oh, I don't know. People are <laughs> so dumb. Just take preseason out for the Jets. You could have every other team, and then we could watch them get hurt. Sad. Oh, I want preseason games. I want to watch preseason. I love I it. I love watching pieces. fourth and fifth stringers. Are you nervous? Oh. Well, that's a new phenomenon, man. It's yeah. like, I remember, never. It was like, pre nobody ever got hurt in preseason. Everybody's so fragile. I don't know what's going on. I think it's going to change for us. I think well, now 2000... that we have like a winning vibe, you know what I mean? Was it 2010 or 11 when they renegotiated the collective bargaining agreement and took out the two-a-days and the hitting? Yep. I think that's, that's what it. did it. I, I think Me bodies too. are just not ready for contact. And then getting hit in a preseason game just kind of threw all that off. Um, I agree. Everything changed right then. Everything changed all the injuries, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I want, I want, I like to watch my guys. I like to watch the bottom end of the roster trying to make the, the, you know, make the team. Like if, look, if you want to get your starters out there for a, you know, for a, a, a series or two, that's all well yeah. and good. But for me, preseason is like, let me watch these hungry motherfuckers who want to make this team. Let's see who's worthy. I love, I don't know. I get, I really dig preseason. Uh, and Help. Jet says he, uh, he got the sauce shirt. He was our winner from, was it last week's? I think it was last week. Pretty sure. Nice. Something Good stuff, like Ant. Maybe it's two weeks ago. It might've been two weeks ago. He got the, uh, the wide receiver one with the, with the sauce on it. He got one of them. I'm not sure which one it was offhand. I feel like it might've been like the sauce, like just the sauce one with like, that's a good one too though. I feel like that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want to get your uh, wham limited edition sauce gear, justtalk.com or uh, be our lucky winner at the end of today's show. So got stuff going on. Always good to see, go. uh, see Ant in the chat. Uh, Eric drops in, says actually flying from LA to see my first Jets home game week one. Ooh. So excited. Let's get a W. That stadium is going to be rocking. Like as much excitement as there was last year for the first time being in the stadium in like two years, the wind got sucked out of that stadium real fast. Yuck. This year, team is totally different. We got more weapons. We won't have to throw as much. Be able to hand the ball off to Brees Hall, Michael Carter, take a little pressure off Zach, and then punch the Ravens in the mouth with something over the top. It's going to happen. You know, Eric, you're going to have less... to uh, come see us. Yeah, that's great. But you know what I mean? Like, remember uh, last year, it was before the Zach thing that the game was already over. Remember when we got that fumble and they called, oh, they said it was an they... inadvertent whistle or some yep. shit like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we yep. blew the whistle. Right. <laughs> that set so the tone. Did, it's, it did. It set the whole tone. Then Zach came out two plays later, threw a pick. I looked at Matt. I'm like, yeah, dude, you know what this is. He's like, yep. <laughs> Yeah. So, but maybe this year, maybe the NFL is ready to start favoring us a little bit. Maybe it's our time. It's like it's about like, like Joe Douglas did enough. We have a real team. Like there's a lot of talent on this team, a lot of young stars, potential stars, that is. Maybe they're willing to start giving us a little bit of benefit of the doubt. And that can that can make all the difference, man. We put maybe up some points. You better believe next year we're getting some primetime games, not just the, yeah. the standard Thursday game once a year. Yeah, what is it about primetime? You know, we did this before. I don't want to derail the whole. What is it about primetime that everybody likes so much? What is it? Oh, it's just uh. you all. I, the whole nation's on you. Like, everyone's talking about the primetime game. Like, that's what's fun about it. Like, there's a different 
like for me, I think of almost like high school football days where you'd go to the football game or you maybe you're playing in the game and you have like just a buzz about you and you have like, I don't know. It's just something about a night game. It's under the lights. Like, yeah, they have the lights on during the day, but it's, it's just something's different about it. It's cooler. There's a crisp like bite in the air. I don't know. You mean if you're there? If you're there, yeah. If you're sitting in your house, it doesn't make any sense. But like, I still like watching primetime because it's fun because everyone's talking about us. Not going to lie, really enjoyed the Jets getting a bunch of love from the draft. And I want to see a little bit more of that. I just don't want to be embarrassed. All right. Well, yeah, I guess maybe that's all I've seen for decades. So maybe I don't know. I don't know. But, Did uh, we do this right. conversation two weeks ago? Yeah. It's deja vu. It's a little bit deja vu. Buffalo Jet fan drops in. Buffalo's coming to week one with us. We're going to see him there. Really excited about this. I collabed with him last week. Um, So if you guys didn't check out that collab, head over to his channel. You'll see that. Um, Better camp headline. Becton shuts down Lawson or Lawson cooks Becton. Ooh, ooh, that's a really good this or that. Um, Easy hmm. one. I would, I mean, I would really prefer Becton shuts down Lawson. Like you got to protect Zach. That's Correct. what I would prefer to see. I would love to see Lawson cooking Becton because I think Becton will be able to figure it out. And he's always kind of had a little bit of trouble with speed rushers and having Lawson have the burst to get past Becton is far more exciting for me. But Becton being the dominant force on the left-hand side is the, the story we want to have happen. Matt, how you feeling about that? This is, this is to me, I, I love Buffalo Jet. I also collabed with him, so you could check that out too. And if you're not subbed up, you should be to him. This is like not even a question to me. This is so obvious. The obvious choice to me is that Becton comes out on top because last year during training camp, if you remember, it was Lawson beating him over and over. And that's when all this shit started with him getting stirred up yeah. about him being out of shape and just everything went off the rails after that. So it's pretty much been a year straight of a shitstorm for uh, everyone against Makai Becton. So for him to come out and be like, hey, yeah, I struggled against this guy last year, but I'm I'm here, I'm in shape, I'm ready to go like I was as a rookie. That, to me, is significantly more important than uh, Carl Lawson bullying him again. So, devil's advocate here. I'm a little concerned. Like, what if Becton handles Lawson? But it's not because Lawson is awesome. It's because he's just coming back from an Achilles. And then we don't really see a true test of Becton. And you don't really get the true gauge on what Lawson is. (laughs) Like that's that's the other I side mean, of this coin. True, but I are we? Uh, I guess it depends on if we're operating that they're both one hundred percent and good to go. Um, yeah. If the injury is still playing a factor, then that's that's a little bit. I guess that's a little bit different. But um, even it's so, the like Jets wide. It's probably a wide range. Like if Lawson's dominating Fant, and then not dominating Becton, or if Becton's dominating, uh, you know everyone not just Lawson then I think we're probably got somewhere to go with that Greenbean what are your thoughts on this particular topic Greenbean what are your particular thoughts on this particular what are your thoughts on this particular topic it's all right he sums off there 
Uh, he's, he he's having a hard time. Audio's on. Guest has muted themselves, is what it says on my side. Oh, Looks no. like he muted he's his, uh, his freeze frame. Throw some green beans in the chat. For, <laughs> for Toss a bean. For all you freeze beans. No. Um, so, fun fact, Matt, I know uh, I know we were talking a little bit about this. Guys, if you have not tried the new uh, White Claws, where is it? Bam. Tropical Pomelo something or other. Smash. Very good. Uh, there's Green Bean. What's up, dude? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be in trouble Becton tonight, Lawson? it looks like. <laughs> it looks bad over here. What's your thoughts here? on Becton Lawson? Well... All right. If you can hear me, I'll just do it. Now, number one, if I had to pick one, I would pick Becton is doing well because he's the guy under more scrutiny. But I will say this, and I firmly believe this. My whole problem with that in the first place is that training camp headlines don't mean anything. Like, they really don't. We don't know what anybody is working on. We don't know what the coaches are doing. We don't know what who's got an, a, a greater install going on. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I, just with what Buff Buffalo is talking about, I would much rather, uh, let Becton start coming out of this, um, this hole that they've built for him uh, would be more beneficial for the team overall, because our, our, our blood in the water beat is dying to keep this going. Uh, so I think that would be better for the team. Uh, did you hear, I don't know if you heard my thought earlier, if, what do you think if Becton, or if Lawson's not 100% healthy, Becton's yeah. dominating him, and it's not necessarily a good show of, like, skill between the two. I guess it's probably more yeah. as, like, is Lawson beating Fant, and how is Becton going against the other rushers? But, like, I guess yeah, well, that's what I mean. Lawson right. isn't necessarily, I don't know. That's just it. Like we don't know. We don't know if they're if they're talking to Lawson about doing X, Y, or Z. If they're talking to yeah. Beckton about only doing that. Like we don't know. That's the thing. Like they like to take this stuff and make stuff out of it. And um, so my concern with that stuff is that our fans are waiting for those types of headlines. Like we're we feast upon it, and it doesn't mean anything. So I'm just you know I don't know. I know what he's talking about, and I would just like like Matt said, assuming everybody's healthy. Uh, I think it's more important right now for Beckton, even though Carl Lawson came off the Achilles, for some reason he's under significantly less scrutiny. Um, mm -hmm. With his third season-ending injury uh, over Beckton's one, um, but uh, I would just rather Beckton, like I think Matt said it too, like protecting Zach. Like that's the, the most important thing. If I got to pick one, it's that Zach Wilson is upright. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mutt Viles drops in. Celebrating 18 months of membership. Thank you, hey. uh, He says, what's up, guys? Who is coming to the home opener this season? Going to be so much fun going 12-5 and five and watching postseason <laughs> ball. What you guys think of Sauce and DJ in OTAs? Go Jets. Um, I, I want to see them with, like, more pads on. Because it's just uppers and gym shorts and no real contact and... Everyone looks good when you're running around in gym shorts, but I want to see, I want to see some hit. But it's exciting to see the guys in the jerseys, seeing the guys sign. You got Ruckert signed, Wilson signed, uh, Johnson sauce. All those guys are signed. Has have we seen Brees sign yet? Is he inked? I think he's the only one that hasn't. Okay, I was gonna say I thought I saw the other guys go. Um, yeah, we'll be there. Look, Mud Viles, you better come find us. You did last year. 
Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expect nothing less. We're going to be at week one. Really, really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll Hell get yeah. things a little more in line so you guys can find us if you're going to be there. Uh, but we'll we'll have some fun. Kevin C says, like to hear the panel's thoughts on Stephen A trashing the Jets. Salah and Wilson today says last place is reserved for the New York Jets disrespect. So we actually had this queued up. So we're going to hop over to watch? that right now. And this is the clip that Kevin C is talking about. I have not watched it yet. I have. Me neither. I, I'm, I'm irate about it. Let's see. Oh, I can't Something wait to be pissed with you, bro. Something is absolutely okay. positively well, wrong. Well, let's talk I mean, about it. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I got I got I got it. I gotta add, I gotta seriously say to you that if it wasn't for Adam Gates, I think you sound high. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Uh, the New York Jets are in this division, and you talk about the Patriots have to worry about being in last place in the NC. The New York Jets, okay? I mean, they yeah. regressed to a, listen, they regressed to a point where fireman Ed said, you know what, let me go, let me retire from putting out fires. Because that's how bad the New York Jets are, okay? Don't get me started with him, all right? I mean, my boy Jeff in California, I mean, he walking around. I mean, he damn near ready to hide his Jets jersey. The New York Jets, you mean Zach Wilson, the quarterback, had nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, didn't even throw for 3,000 yards? You mean the New York Jets with Coach Robert Salah? Did I pronounce his name right? I think it's Salah. Don't worry, I'm not making fun of it. Salah. Trying to make sure I- Salah. 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 Robert Salah, right? Listen, this brother, listen, this brother was a big-time defensive coordinator in San Francisco. We know this. He got the mm. job to the New York Jets. They ranked dead last in points allowed, dead last in yards allowed, bottom three against the pass and the damn rush. And defense is your signature. I know it was his rookie year, but damn it, I mean, come on now. Don't get me started with them offensively. I see they got some weapons. I know they could play Mims and the crew. They could play Corey Davis and them. I get all of that. But the point is, at the end of the day, the New England Patriots got to worry about being in last place when the last time the New York Jets were relevant from a championship perspective was when Broadway Joe was their quarterback walking around in tight shorts in 1969. You know, are you kidding me? I know I know, Bill Parcells hey. got him to a couple of AFC championship games. Rex Ryan did as well. But the bottom line is the New England Patriots don't have nothing to worry about last place. That's reserved okay. for the New York Jets. All right. You need to stop that. It mm. All right, Stephen A. Smith can go and take a long How? walk off a short pier. Dude, Matt, Let's I've been go. using that line at work. It's <laughs> I've been the using best. that word. Does... I am so frosted. Screw this guy. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about half the time in football anyway. He's like, he oh, doesn't. yeah, Denzel Mims, he, he can play. Did you watch last season? Like, Clearly, like all Jet fans were upset about Denzel Mims not being able to play. <laughs> And like, okay, you don't have any idea that we're getting uh, Becton back, Lawson back, Curry back, Joyner back. Bite me. Ugh. He doesn't know. But listen, seriously, I mean, with everything else aside, how can anyone listen to that? Like, I had the urge to, to shut that off three separate times. My hand moved. And not because of what he's I, – I can't listen to that. I, I really don't get it. I swear, maybe I'm just an old fogey these days. I don't, uh, somebody needs to explain to me why that is what they want to have swirling through their ear holes. I don't get it. What is it about this fucking guy? He never shuts up. He's always got something to say. And people actually, I couldn't even listen to that. What is that? Dude, tell me, somebody help me. First take in particular is the reason I made my channel. 
that was something that just irritated me to no end that like it was it was Stephen a and skip when there was the two of them i was like all right i'm done with these clowns they just keep like spouting out for all this bullshit the fact that he had all those stats queued up oh last in this last in that he read the cue cards. He knew exactly what his agenda was going to be. He wants to get Jet fans uh, fired up. He saw exactly right. how fired up we got with Brady Quinn and the CBS crew. He's trying to do the same thing. This guy is a fucking clown. Yep. Matt, you're Yeah, thinking. it's the same thing. Sorry. It, he's not... Stephen A. Smith, uh, the Fox Sports guys, they are entertainers. They are not like... You shouldn't be going to them for legitimate sports conversations because it's it's okay you take this side i'm gonna take this side and we're gonna try to go viral that's what it is they they are mm -hmm. trying to it's the it's this as you said it's why we do this it's mm -hmm. exactly why but he went through he, he mentioned denzel mims was the first name that he mentioned i love right. mims but like come on what are we doing here and right. yeah you rattled off all these stats but like like you said, what, what intern cherry picked that and put it on the teleprompter for him to read? This is it's so like, oh my god, you can't like take any of that seriously. Is the point that we have to come away with? Like, yeah, we can get mad at it and be like, this is stupid, but don't take that as a jet fan and be like, oh yeah, Stephen A is right. Like, we have no yeah, shot no way. Here. Yeah, dude, it's a clown show. It's it's absolutely a clown show. This is like a guy trying to drive clicks, which I get. Like, look. There's an algorithm for them too, and it, it makes sense. But, dude, it's it's just super frustrating to hear him talk about this sort of shit, and really know that he's so full of it. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about it. I think there's a higher likelihood the Patriots end up at the bottom of the division than it is the Jets. I don't think it's that that different, but I do think that there's an aside from Buffalo, Jets, Miami, Patriots. It wouldn't shock me to see any one of those teams in second. It wouldn't shock me to see any of those teams in fourth place. So to say the Jets are reserved for fourth place and we haven't been talking about a championship perspective since Namath, let alone we went to three championship games in a stretch of, what, 12 years? Bite me! <laughs> Absolutely yeah. bite me. Ugh. Stupid. It's just a funny thing, man. I mean, look, that's why, you know, box scores and, and uh, statistics, like, yes, they're important. Yes, we look at it. But they don't tell a story. Like, that. that's just the truth. Now... Underneath everything, the Jets have sucked for just over a decade. So a lot of what are the, what are we supposed to expect, right? But like, just my whole thing with this kind of stuff is like, how can anyone listen to that? Jets or not? Like the mm -hmm. only thing I've ever heard him say that made any sense, any, and I, uh, fair enough, I don't listen to him, but I, you know, he he swirls around every now and then. But the only thing I ever heard him say that I thought he had some balls and it made some sense is when he said, Adam Gase looks hot. He said, let's be real here. The, the guy looks high. That was the only thing I've ever heard. I can't even hear that. So like you said, dude, man, Jets fans, it, when the fuck are we going to learn that the entire NFL keeps us on a cyclical thing? They have to talk about the Jets in, in a certain period of time because it keeps their ratings up because we respond. If we ignored all these guys, the Rich Saminis, the Stephen A. Smiths, the fucking Country Club Connor Hughes, all these guys that don't know <laughs> shit, if we just ignored them, they would be gone or they would change their narrative. We mm. keep the narrative going, man. That's it. That's it. You know where they should come suck. to get their Jets news? <laughs> where? 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> These three guys right here. You guys got a spot you could go to. Uh, Chris. Chris drops in, says, going to week one from San Diego. Hope to see you there. Chris, you better reach out to us. We'll let everyone know where yes. we wind up going and what's going on with us. But it sounds like uh, initially we're going to be hanging out with uh, Sack Exchange and the, the Jets Lounge and some of the guys uh, from Jet Nation. Hopefully they're all kind of in the same area. We haven't really worked it out yet, so we'll, we'll let everyone know. But yeah, we'll definitely be at week one. We just locked it in actually yesterday, two days ago, whatever it was. I forget when I texted you guys. Um, but yeah, we'll be there. Jake says, it's media in general and why I canceled cable to watch YouTube. They're all clowns. He's a human clickbait. Uh, screw Sorry. him. That's what they do. Yeah, I I'll be honest. It, it's that's the reason, or he's one of the main reasons that a lot of us started YouTube channels. It's like, yeah, I can't like this guy's on prime time, like daytime television. Like if you if you go to a cafe, you go to a bar, you go to you know you just hanging around the house, you flip it on. I don't even remember what the first take time was, but it was something around ten o'clock. And there's like, I don't know. I just you see all the clips and everything like that, and you see how they battle against each other. Like the fact that they never agree on anything should trigger something in your mind. Like, oh, this is a setup argument. Like they're each taking a side, and they're going to try and polarize people as much as possible. It's it's what TV's all about. And I think having those type of stats thrown at us from Stephen A. without the context of everything behind it, knowing hey rookie head coach, rookie coordinator, rookie quarterback, all the injuries, <laughs> like all this shit that happened without talking about like the Tampa Bay game. Like the Jets went toe to toe with the Super Bowl champs with an injured roster. Not going to bring that up because that doesn't steer the narrative the right way. Right. Yeah. But you're, you know, like the thing before I started working for odds checker, I taught broadcasting at a college and I'm not going to claim to be like this broadcasting guru or anything but i've talked to a lot of people in the industry and there are a lot of adjunct professors who are former you know former media people and a sports guy i won't say who it is because i don't think that's fair said that um at this point stephen a smith is just playing a parody of himself he's he's in too deep and mm -hmm. it's gotten too big and it's just he's being over he's got to top himself next time after next time to stay at that point but it works i mean clearly it's people will hate watch you that's a thing so yeah. i mean he gets a ton of money from espn because his show has ratings and people watch it so yeah if they love look, to argue you know uh, if you they look love closely like enough you can him. almost see the fingertips through like his hand for the puppet hand that's going up through him and to be like the muppet yeah like you can almost see the fingertips <laughs> coming out of the mouth there oh yeah drives me bonkers Hey, let me uh, just say something to let yeah, me say no something to Jay Perez. Jay Perez, with all due respect, my friend, I appreciate the compliments and all that stuff, but I'm talking about something much, much bigger. If you like Connor Hughes, like him. If you like Rich Samini, like him. Okay. I've been a Jets fan for 40 years. I've been reading guys like Rich Samini because that was all we had. We didn't have the internet. He has been spinning the the narrative to the negative for over 30 years, bro. Okay. And I'm going to talk about it until it stops away. Okay? If it doesn't stop, then I'm going to keep going. It doesn't belittle me. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with talking about Rich Simini. I'm fine with talking about Connor Hughes. 
when they say stupid shit. And if you don't like that, that's fine too. You don't have to, you don't have to like that I say it, but it doesn't belittle me. I'm completely okay with saying that stuff. I don't feel belittled. I don't think less of myself. Truth is, I don't even think all that much of myself to begin with. So there's that. But, well, you know, when, when they stop doing it, mm-hmm. then I'll stop doing it. I, my whole thing, my take, just the way I want to be, is that I like to draw people's attention to what's really going on. That's it. Don't, if you don't like it, then don't, you know, you don't like it. It's okay. I, I will say this. The, the arguments that we get into with, you know, seeing like someone creates a stupid uh, tweet or, or a stupid story and we're like, ah, you gotta be kidding me. It creates a video and a conversation. And it's one of the things I do love about sports because you can have these arguments and there's statistics and there's, there's analysis. There's the depth beyond like the black and white. It's not, everything's not black and white. So to see certain things, like I know I've, we, we've all made a bunch of videos, you know, Samini makes something, Hughes makes something. And it's like, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like this doesn't seem to, to register. It's not what I would do. And then sometimes we see that, Hey, we're totally right. And so other times it's like, Hey, look, I, I whiffed. <laughs> it definitely happens. I think the, the thing I like most about the YouTube channels and the, the Twitter uh, spaces and the the Facebook groups and things like that is you're more likely to get someone who's passionate, who like will care about what's getting put out there as opposed to someone who's being paid to create controversy. Um, and right. I think that's, that's where, the difference. Yeah. That's I think that's difference. where they lose me on some of the, you know, newspaper headlines and things like that. I mean, look, I'm guilty of creating, you know, a clickbaity type thumbnail or things of that nature, but I want to provide the context with it that you may not be able to describe in 140 characters on a tweet. Um, I don't know. Just interesting shit. Red John says, if you could add one former jet to this squad, which jet would it be? Mine's defensive tackle, Chris Jenkins. I love me some Chris Jenkins. That would not be the one I would add. Um, At this point in time, it's got to be... God, I mean, if you're talking historic Jets, you're talking probably Gastineau or Klecko or one of the edge rushers, as deep as our defensive line is. Mm, Chris um, Jenkins. I think that's probably where I'd go. I mean, like, it's hard not to say Revis or Mangold. Like, if you could give me Mangold in his prime or or uh, Mawai in their prime to help Zach Wilson, I would I could do that as well. I would take either of those guys over Jenkins, as much as I like Jenkins. Um Matt, is there a player you would add to this roster historically uh, to make us better? Dwayne Robertson. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> That's the guy. Uh, I, 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 like, I like where you were going with Edge, but I think my answer would be prime David Harris because linebackers mm-hmm. stink. This mm-hmm. linebacking room is still not very good. Um, mm-hmm. and I was trying to think of probably like the best Jets linebacker that I've had the privilege to see. Um, so I would say prime David Harris. Prime David Harris is good. He was, he was never super fast. So maybe like, maybe I'd slide that to like prime Brian Cox or like something like, you know, before he went to the Steelers. Yeah. or not was he the Steelers. No, Farrier was the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
God, Demario did. God, linebacker's a good one. We need linebacker help. Davis is a Harris is a good one. Greenby, what about you? If you could add a historic Jet to this team, who are you taking? Well, if if we're going to do a prime David Harris, the sad part about that is it's only two years. That's the sad part about it, two or maybe three. That's, he got fat quick. It really broke my heart because we got rid of Jonathan Vilma for him, uh, which was bad. If I'm going to – I'm going to go in the same avenue, though. I originally thought Gastineau. That's just my dude. He's the best mm-hmm. – dude, you know, Gastineau was fucking unbelievable. Um, but I got to say, I think Mo Lewis is the best linebacker that we've ever had. Ooh, uh, 12 dumb. straight years. Um, Mo Lewis would be amazing on this team. And uh, he gets no love, and I and I, I, I don't know why. I, well, I do know why. I think it's just silly that we do that. So I think, yeah, a prime Mo Lewis – would be ridiculously beneficial for us. What if we throw a curveball and we say prime Makai Becton misses one snap his whole career? <laughs> oh, good answer. Uh, well, I didn't even think of that <laughs> until just now. Man, oh, there's a lot of, there's different areas you could go. Do you know what well, I safety, like- I, the best safety that I've seen in the last 15 years or so that I wish we had. I really liked Kerry Rhodes. I was so frosted when we got rid of him. I thought he was such a ball hawk of a safety. And I know there was issues with him and Rex, but man, he was fun to watch. And he's probably not someone on the historic level that you'd want to have, but he's the type of player I would love to have in this defense. I see. Why I do love that. Chris Jenkins too, man. Chris Jenkins oh, so is the fight. It's the thing about Chris Jenkins, dude. He was nothing short of a man amongst boys out there. Mm-hmm. But he was always – he never played. I mean, he had like that one year with us. The rest of his time was like was so disappointing. Nine, I think, right? I think it was his first year with us. And then like the next one or two years, he was just constantly injured. He was impressive. Really good. The only reason I wouldn't take him is just because of the – depth at the defensive tackle position that we have now which is i guess almost maybe the the argument for not going edge i don't know but let me tell you chris jenkins is better than mm-hmm. anybody we have on our team right now i would yes. say so better than any, yeah. any of our defensive tackles for sure i think Hell edge yeah. is a different beast yeah but, it's yeah. like ah, would you if you brought chris jenkins on you gotta lose nathan shepherd though so well, well, hold on. I do that, but but if we're talking like incremental difference, I think the edge rusher, the linebacker, the safety, those are probably the three positions that create more of an impact now. Yeah, especially right. given the, the weakness at linebacker and safety. But I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, I no, I and I'm with. I see right. I totally see what you're saying. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, we don't know what our edge is, dude. We theoretically, we could have the best edge group that we've had since, you know, uh, Abraham and Ellis were young. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. We might have that right now. No, we might not. <laughs> okay. Mm. We could sure. have just another uh, in a long list of busts that could be here too. But the truth is, is our edge might be okay. I'll tell you where we're most likely not okay. It's linebacker mm-hmm. and, uh, and safety safety. Well, I, and we could, I mean, maybe Sherwood is a stud, maybe, um, you know, Pinnock is, I, I don't know what they're doing at safety, but, um, who knows. Right. But I would love a good, 
Mo Lewis, even if Marvin Jones, holy shit, do you remember how hard mm. Marvin Jones was a fucking bullet, bro? He ran full speed. Anytime there was the ball there, Marvin Jones was there and he came in full speed. Like we just, I, we haven't seen that in so long, man. This has to be the year for some of that stuff. Can we add prime players that were Jets that were not prime in our career? Like, can we add Brett Favre and Danian Tomlinson? And then uses prime? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Brett Favre, 14 years before we got him. Oh, amazing. Pat Dunn. (laughs) Brother. Dude. Uh, He says, never take NFL opinions from an NBA analyst. Talk about Steven. That is a great point. I... There's a lot of times where I'm sitting there. And I shouldn't say a lot of times because I really don't watch much ESPN at this point anyway. But where I used to sit and watch Stephen A. Smith, I'd be like, wow, this guy knows basketball. And then they start talking about football. And you watch some of the like bloopers of him like talking about football on YouTube. And it's like him talking about the Chiefs and how this player is going to affect this and the, the you know, versus the Chargers. And you're like, those players are not in the league anymore. Like this guy has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> this guy's like full of it. I'm not a big fan at all. Thomas Cahill drops in, says, former Jet, who we need now, Mo Lewis. Green Bean, Thomas is with you right there. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, I you know I feel for you guys who couldn't have watched Mo Lewis. Like, you know, I mean, it, it is. We're, we have errors, right? Like, we, we are who we are. We watched what we watched. Mo Lewis, when he came on the scene, was instantaneously an impact like it was like the whole league was like wait wow the jets got some young linebackers we also had a guy named joe kelly at the time who wore one of those big neck braces you know like mm-hmm. oh, all big it. and shit yeah, the, the yeah me too <laughs> cox and had that there, one i remember that being a big yeah thing. well cox had that big square thing that came up to the middle of his helmet right but they, yeah. this was like a like a round what a similar kind of thing though but yeah dude like when they were on the field it was like mo lewis when he got here was instant he was an instant success. And there were times, man, when he was considered the best player in all of New York, numerous years. Like he was the best defensive player in the city, both teams. And we just couldn't seem to uh, to get him a good enough team until Parcells came. And uh, and then, he, you know, he, at least he got to wrap up his career uh, on, on, a, on a positive note. But Mo Lewis was an absolute animal. And he was good at rushing the passer. He's got like 53 sacks in his career. Like, uh, he's just, he was so good, dude. So we haven't seen linebacker. We're, it sucks because for a long time, linebackers was like what we did. You know what I mean? We, we always had good middle linebackers, like somebody to kind of be the police in there. And then all of a sudden, we just kind of fell off. We don't have, we don't have anybody. You know, it's, I mean, Mo, I mean, what's his name? Mosley is very, very good. And who knows, man, we get him some help. Maybe he's, um, you know, maybe he's, you know, back to that form. I thought he did some good things last year, but it still, it looks different. It's just not the same animal that I I want, you know? I think we're going to see a better Mosley this year and we're going to run into a conversation. We're going to say, Hey, do we restructure Mosley or do we take it on the chin, keep him for another year and have him at that high salary? I think there was a lot of, um, hey, our secondary's bad. We can't stop the run. He's caught in this in-between sort of flux trying to mask some of the the deficiencies we had. I think Mosley played better than his stats indicated, and I'm hoping we get to see a better version of Mosley this year statistically because of the increases we had at, at the other uh, positions. Kevin C. drops yeah. in with a really cool... Uh, 
thought process here. Or not thought process, question. He says, who covers Bateman week one, Sauce or Reed? Um, I don't know. That's So here's the thing. Do you go with Reed who, because Bateman's what, year two right now? So if you put Reed on him, there's a, a dominant cover corner that could lock down a, a younger player. Sauce physically is just such a dominant style of corner with the six foot three, the length. Um, I think it depends who else is on the field for them, but I would err on the side of giving sauce the lighter assignments earlier on until he proves himself. And then once he kind of clicks, like we already have a top 10 corner in DJ Reed. Why upset the apple cart when, when you don't have to, um, or do guys stay on their, their respective side of the fields? Maybe that's something they look into as well. I don't like that style of, uh, defense because it's very predictable and you can the offense can then dictate their matchup based on which corner they don't want to go to that was my issue with the seattle defense with richard sherman being on the one side of the field with the raiders uh defense with namdi asama on the one side of the field uh matt what are your thoughts who covers bateman week one or who would you prefer to cover bateman week one saucer <clears throat> Um, I get my preference would be sauce, but I'm not sold that they're going to be, uh, strictly like, man, I think they're going to be playing a lot of, of zone. So I don't think it's going to be like, you know, in the Revis days when he would just cover that he'd have, you know, cover that one guy and that was it. Um, I think they will play some man and big spots and maybe on third downs, we see sauce going over there, um, and shadowing their other teams, number ones, but, I don't think it's going to be exclusively like a number one on your opposing team, number one type of deal. Yeah, I could see something like similar to like, okay, if they think Reed can go out on an island and then maybe Sauce or, or whatever needs a little bit of help, maybe you roll a safety over that way and you kind of almost bracket them and, and create other different types of uh, coverage looks. Greenbean, what about you? Who do you hope covers Bateman week one, Sauce or Reed? I say stick our third or fourth wide receiver on that bum and call it a day. <laughs> Fucking guy. He has what, 40, 40 receptions and a touchdown last year? You know, I mean, all right. Okay. Stick uh, Eccles. Yeah, dude, I, that, I guess that's a good point, right? Like, I'm not so concerned about who's covering Bateman as much as I'm concerned about who's stopping Lamar. Like, I want Quincy right. Williams shadowing yep. Lamar the entire day. I don't want him in coverage Oof. at all. His coverage skills are horrible. Just have him lock in on Lamar, follow him sideline to sideline. Don't let him pass the, you know, the the four-yard from line of scrimmage mark. Just keep him within that. You've done your job. We got to stop the run. That's yeah. the biggest thing against the the Ravens. Yeah. I don't think it's Bateman. It's the truth. It's the truth. Now, and all jokes aside, I I happen to like Bateman a whole bunch, but uh, I don't think he's at the point in his career that like he's the focal point. You 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 nailed it. Lamar Jackson uh, can he's he's a guy he can win the game by himself. He can. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you don't let him do that. You take everybody else away, so it's not easy for him. Make mm -hmm. him earn it. Make him make him huff and puff and 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 fight for every single yard. And you'll get ahead of it if our offense can can uh, you know can can function all right. But uh, yeah, it's not Bateman that scares me. Those yeah, tight ends are scary too. That's yeah, exactly Andrew, right. where I was going to go, Matt. I was going to say I'd rather yeah. sauce on one of the tight ends than like worry about the receivers. Like I, I I can deal with the safeties over the top, but like 
bracketing or maybe not even bracketing, but just stopping the tight ends and shadowing Lamar the whole day. I think that's going to be the, the focal point you have to kind of pay attention to not the wide receivers. Yeah. And they brought in a whole bunch more tight ends. They're like, Telling you, man, you guys are about to see it. The NFL's gonna shift. We're gonna see fucking fourteen personnel out there. You're see, you're. I'm telling you, it's coming. <laughs> well, dude, everyone's going speed, right? And once you get out right. of, once you pull away, and you have all the speed, now you have to change it up and go with the power. That's right. So, like when they're showing right. nickel, it's like, hey, look, we're gonna hit you in the mouth with a run. Correct. And then what happens is you got four little speedy guys dragging on the ankles of your 270 pound tight end while he laughs all the way to the end zone. <laughs> Just dragging little tiny fast dudes down the field. That's what I want to see. You got to shit. You got to stay ahead. We've historically the last, I don't know, at least since Rex left, right? We have been a catch up team. We've been trying to to adjust to what the NFL is doing. We're always behind. Like, don't forget the reason, at least part of the reason that uh, McCagden took Jamal Adams and, and Marcus May first and second round is because he's trying to accommodate. He's trying to have somebody cover the tight ends. That window was, it was already changing back to the speed. And he's just now addressing the two tight end sets. So it's like, you know, we're usually we're behind it. And my my deepest, deepest hope is that the Jets, right now, what we're seeing is a team that's about to get ahead of it. And mm-hmm. that would make me happy, man. If we can get ahead and be a part of the new phase of offense, because it is cyclical. It is mm-hmm. cyclical. Eric drops in, says, forget a player, bring back Gase, 17-0. and 0. Uh, I, I hate the Gase hire, but... You know, it's hard to argue against it when you wind up with a GM like Joe Douglas. So I, let, let's talk about this real quick, real brief. Would you be willing to accept the two years of Gase because of getting Douglas, or would you rather have those two years back and try something different? I think for me, as painful as those Gase years have been, Douglas is easily the best GM I've ever seen, and that includes Parcells. Like, I, it is... No oh, yeah. question, Douglas. All right, Douglas. They got to start winning some games then, because that's fair. That's fair. I love I love Douglas. I think he's done a really good job, but um, I think they they need to start winning some games then, because his his record isn't great. And I know it's it wasn't his uh, team, and he cleared a lot of stuff out. But it's right. Come on, it's complicated. You can't do that <laughs> that's though. The, that's you the, can't uh, do that. The, the Facebook right relationship after. status, right? <laughs> Do they still do that? Is that a thing? It's complicated. What's that? Oh, they do that still? I don't know. I never I had know. a Facebook. I haven't really status. focused on that in a while. I think I'm single on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, look, you can correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree. It looks to me like this is the first year that the Jets were really making aggressive moves like they feel it looks as though they feel like they can compete this looks like the year for me all the assets all the cleaning of the the cap dollars kind of you know the uh, most of the one year kind of fillet contracts are are gone we have a couple but it's it's lot by and large it's all like young core type players whether it's dj reed jordan whitehead or if you know, it's the rookie wide receiver or the you know, Sauce Gardner or whoever. We have AVT, we got Becton, we got 
um, Lake and Tomlinson. So, like it looks to me like this, everything was pointing to this year. That's what it looks to me. And this is the year that they're going to compete. Like I hear, look, everybody's frustrated with the losses, but I really, I really don't believe that like, you know, putting the record on him right now while he's in the middle of a teardown is, is, is good for us to do. I just don't, it's like, we got to understand. And I know Matt does. That's the thing. So now if we go into this year and we're, uh, like, let's say what Brady Quinn said, our season's over before the bye. We got problems. Something yeah. we have a we have a big fucking problem, and it's more than likely going to end up being on the coaching, which would be a problem. Okay, a big big problem. And uh, but it looks to me like this is the first year. Not to say they didn't want to compete, they didn't want to win. Of course they did. But this is the year that like they didn't uh, worry about their fifth round picks. They didn't trade back to acquire more assets. Everything was to get the best quality of player because we're ready. Now, are we ready to win the Super Bowl? No, but we're ready to compete. And that's why they did it this way. Why would you grab a running back in the second? And not only a running back in the second, but trading up to get him because we're ready to compete. Why would you take, you know, a trade up into the first using your other fifth? Because we're ready to compete. We want the guys right now. We're ready. We're, we're ready to go. That's what it looks like to me. So when I look at like what Douglas has done, this seems to me like the precursor. This is the the foreplay before the full-on AFC East penetration. <laughs> this is what's that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> so this is if the if Joe Douglas and Zach Wilson and these guys can show proof of concept, that's what this is. This is a proof of concept year. Then next year, now you get the benefit of free agency because we have we've been staying out of free agency for the most part, and and, and going with the second tier guys because we don't want to blow our our free agent dollars on that. And I still don't want to in the future, but I think if you prove proof of concept this year, Robert Sal is the coach, Zach Wilson is the quarterback. This team is on the upswing. Now you're starting to get guys that are coming in at a discount or guys that are coming mm. in at. You know, they want to play here. It's not necessarily that they're going for those high dollars. Kind of like what Sal has said. We got guys that want to be here. It's not guys that are the right. highest paid. It's guys that want to be here. And to the to your point, Greenbean, these are signings, Lake and Tomlinson, trading up for Jermaine Johnson, trading up for Brees Hall, drafting, you know, a corner in the top five, drafting a wide receiver in the top ten. These are moves that teams that want to start winning start making. Right. And they want to win now. But I think it's a it's a precursor to everything that's about to happen. Uh, Agreed. More so than, than than necessarily like the win right now, if that makes sense. Support yeah. the quarterback. Well, yeah, that, create the 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 uh, excitement. Correct. Yeah, that's how I see it. Like, but that's why like it's hard for me to 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 have that discussion. Like, what his record? Like, what he's he has six wins in two years. Well, it's like, well, you know, he's the focus was tearing the shit out of this place like again i'd like to say the joke we can't argue about the color of the curtains i hate the color of the curtains when he's still pouring the concrete for the foundation and he's like yeah okay we'll, we'll get to the curtains you know what i mean so oh, that's what it you know that's all i'm saying that's not a bad thing um shout out uh i i literally picked this beer the other Ooh. day purely because it says stacy's mom on it and if you don't know Stacy's mom, she does have it going on, and she's yes. all I want. And <laughs> I've waited for so waiting long, for so long, yeah. <laughs> well Stacy, can't you see? I love that shit. Oh, Great tune. I friggin', I love that song. There's not too many opportunities that song comes on where I'm not belting out a belly, like 
course. You know where those guys are from, right? They're from Fountains of Wayne. Like yeah, uh, Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, I, Wayne, I, right drive past, I used to drive past it at my old apartment. That's right. Oh, there you we go. used to drive by it every way on the way to the stadium. Every mm-hmm. single time. My grandmother lived over there. So I would have, you know what they have on Christmas? They have the big Santa Claus. Ever since I was a little kid, I waited for the. I knew it was Christmas season. They had like a fifty-foot Santa. Every I knew it was Christmas when Fountains of Wayne put their uh, put their Santa out. So so D A asks, how does Stacy taste? Yum. Oh, there we go. We gotta we gotta be oh, careful. Oh, that's actually really good. So it's a Citra IPA. So so citrusy. I like. I'm a big fan of the citrus stuff, but really good actually. That's the first time I've actually had it. I've had Evil Genius before. Fun fact, and I'll actually I'll let you guys know when we wind up doing it. But we do a, a golf outing at Black Bear, the the course I work at. That's a craft beer open, so it's like if you're a big craft beer guy, lots of fun. Um, definitely a good time. But we've had Evil Genius there before, and that's Evil Genius Brewing, Stacy's mom. Um, Colin dropping in with some knowledge, celebrating 16 months of membership. Says, any former Jet, give me Ed Reed in his prime. There you go. That's yep. That's the winner. <laughs> Got it. Check it off the list. All right. Yeah, if we're doing that, right? Sure. Hey, and I want to remind everybody, we could have had him, but nobody wanted to fucking take a safety in the first round. That's right. You're we right. passed on Ed Reed, everybody. <laughs> this is Green Bean being very upset that we did not take a safety. Green Bean uh, revenge Not what's up, dude? Not a safety. One yeah, I got you. Mumtaz says Mo Lewis knocked out Bledsoe and gave us Brady. Oh, F him. On. I will never forgive him. Yeah, Look, you know I can't. Ups- I- I'm not upset with Mo Lewis <laughs> because of knocking out Bledsoe. Be? Because when it happened, I remember being a kid, being like, "Yeah, the Jets knocked yeah. out the quarterback. Like this is the coolest thing ever." And then like a sixth round pick comes in and wins yeah. the most Super Bowls of fucking any quarterback that's ever been. Yeah, dude, give me a fucking break, Mutt, Mutt, Let's or Mum go. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> give me a break. The guy was a fucking jet his whole career, 12 years of almost never being hurt. He got tons of sacks, tons of tackles, tons of tackles for a loss. Team leader, and you bring it down to one play when he fucking destroyed a Super Bowl starting quarterback. That is what's called dumb luck that a sixth round pick came in and ended up fucking being Tom Brady. You better recognize your your true greats, <laughs> Mumtaz. This is bullshit what we're doing to Mo Lewis for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a bunch of revision. It's a bunch of revisionist history. I don't like it. Uh I he's a great player. Some, I'm gonna create some type of thing. When someone starts getting heated up, I'm gonna click a little button on here and it's gonna light up red. <laughs> Yeah, get them red. Like little flames are coming up or something like that. I love it. Green bean with the heat. Fucking Mumtaz. Come on, Mumtaz. I got respect for you. You're hurting me. You can't Uh, poke me in my Mo Lewis Lewis button. Mumtaz has another good super chat coming up. We'll get to that in just a second. (laughs) Uh, Masuk drops in, says, being a longtime Jets fan, it does feel different. Let the mainstream media sleep on us. Breeze. Uh, Brees Hall plus Michael Carter equals Freeman McNeil and Johnny Hector. Something Green Bean can relate to. Go Jets. I definitely, we've talked about this a little bit. I've seen Matt talk about it specifically. Is the the too much hype on the Jets bandwagon after the draft and there's concern that like we're going to be feeling ourselves a little bit too much. I like having the underdog role. I like when guys don't, you know, root for us. They they think we're going to be down. I want Brady Quinn on the bulletin board at MetLife mm-hmm. Stadium. I want Stephen A. Smith on the Bolton board 
at MetLife Stadium. That's what I want to see. I want the underdog. Let's go outside and punch someone in the mouth week one. Greenbean, your thoughts. Yeah. Dude, now he's bringing up another one. You don't, I mean, he he, he did it right, but I want to warn everybody. Don't you ever talk about fucking Freeman McNeil with slander. I'm not going to have it. Okay. I don't think he's talking. Oh I think it's a good thing. No, he's this, not. This. He's not. He's not. I just took this opportunity <laughs> to warn anybody thinking about it. All right. Because I'm in the mood to fight all of a sudden. So, yeah, man. Johnny Hector and Freeman McNeil were such a great one two punch. And it was, uh, it was fun times, man. You know, I think Brees Hall is the best running back we've bought, at least pedigree and uh, prospect wise. Um, the best running back that we've brought onto this team since Curtis Martin. As much as I liked some of them. I, I like some running backs we had, and we had some decent ones, but Brees Hall has the potential to be our first legit like franchise back, and I can't wait to see what him and Michael Carter do uh, to defenses this year, man. It's, it's all about LaFleur, bro. LaFleur's got to mm-hmm. use it. We have some serious weaponry right now, and whether it's the tight ends, the backs, uh, the wide receivers, all that stuff, we got it, man. Just put Zach in a position to use these guys. Let Brees Hall show the league why we traded up for him. That's it. So no one in the stream, aside from one person, is going to understand what I'm about to do. So we'll see. It's not Becca. <laughs> it's someone else. Uh, Matt, your, th- your thoughts on uh, the media sleeping on us and how you feel about the Jets being an underdog or being like overly hyped. I like I live in the underdog role. I like to not have mm-hmm. expectation and blow people away. That is my favorite thing. Now, my my fear is not that I dislike being talked about in a positive light because I feel like that's what people misunderstood. It's that these unreasonable expectations are going to be put on this team and if they don't achieve it, then it would be looked at as a failure. Um because like, I don't know if our RG three was talking about like being a playoff team and winning like 11 games or something like that. And if they go out and win, I don't know, eight games and don't make the playoffs, but are a top half of the league offense and, you know, take strides on the defensive side, then I think we should be able to say, Hey, you know, that was a positive because Zach looks like our guy and we know that for sure. But, um, if that spins to a LOL, this team couldn't even make the playoffs after adding three first round picks and all this talent and stuff like that. Like oh, that's yeah. the stuff that's the stuff that I don't want to see. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And it's gonna yeah, that's actually yeah. nice foresight, Matt. Matt, that's good. That's what's yeah, gonna that's happen. Wh- exactly. Right. Because then it'll be, you know, like, hey, we know for sure Zach Wilson's the guy and they won eight games and they he, he had this historical Jets quarterback season, but it'd be like, oh well. I mean, you still only won eight games. You're under 500. Yeah, right. And am I not allowed to talk about that narrative chat? I can't talk about it because people are going to get their feelings hurt. Fuck out of here, man. (laughs) Mumtaz (laughs) drops in with a good super chat, and I like this one a lot. He says, Riley Reeve still out there. We need a swing tackle. I do think we bring in an additional tackle at some point throughout now and the beginning of week one. I don't think this roster's finished. Now, I think the Jets have like, I think it's $13 million in salary cap space, so there's going to have to be some a little bit of movement here. Um, but I do think it's important to bring in a tackle. I don't want to rely on Max Mitchell or Edoga or McDermott. I like Fant. I like Becton, but I don't trust 
that we're going to stay healthy on those two. So if you can bring in an additional tackle like a Morgan Moses, doesn't have to be Morgan Moses, but someone within a, a certain deviation of that skill set, I think would be critically important. Matt, how are you feeling about the tackle position? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to have to wait a little bit. I feel like, I think green beans, the one who mentioned this, by the way, but in June feels like the sweet spot for when like some of these cuts start to come out mm -hmm. and then you have a little extra money and then maybe the jets cut somebody else and then they have even more money to bring somebody on, but I'm not opposed to adding another veteran in here. Um, I like Max Mitchell, uh, but outside of that, I don't want to see Connor McDermott or Chuma Adoga at all. Um, I'm super fired up about Raven's big trust. I'm going through things. He says, Jet fans, you know you're in here talking about a team that hasn't been relevant in a long time. He meant to say hasn't. He wrote haven't. And I think it's a, you know, some sort of like big dumb Raven kind of a thing going on right there. And that's okay because we're going to prove them oh, wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, punch him in yeah. the mouth. Mr. Downtown well, says, well, let me just say, Why should dude, please. You know what I mean? Like, isn't it funny that guys want to come in? Dude, we're, we're, we're called worse by ourselves. Like, there's mm -hmm. nothing you can say that's going to come in mm -hmm. here and somehow hurt our feelings, bro. It's just not real. You want to do that, a, go to a more fickle fan base, please. Mm -hmm. Dude, there is a, there's a reason. So I, I was making, I don't actually, I don't think I did it this year. I usually do an F Mary Kill and uh, like an F Mary Kill series for free agency. And I think I didn't do it because I'm already married last year. You know, the, the years <laughs> leading up to it, it was, I was not married, but, um, was always the, uh, you know, I have a, a thing. It was like one, two or three fighter jets. But if you didn't get a fighter jet, you got a butt fumble. And like Tyrion Lannister mm. says, and whether you guys are game of Thrones nerds or not, or if you hate it because the way it ended, uh, wear it on your sleeve, that way, no one can make fun of you or something along those That's lines. That's right. I will wear the butt fumble on my sleeve, and no one can make fun of me because of because I'm already, uh, you know, there. I'm at that point. So I get what you're saying, Green Bean. Right. No one right. can make what fun you, of us more you, than we make fun of ourselves. Look at the New York That's media. Right. It's, they rip us apart. We rip ourselves apart. Please. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. You know you're in here. Yeah, uh, yeah. we know. We're, we're, we're aware of what's going on here. <laughs> We're this, we're more aware than most people are about their teams. That I can tell you. Mr. Downtown drops in and says, why should we hope for Mo Lewis? He cursed this team for 18 plus years. Oh my by God. By knocking out Bledsoe and giving Tom Brady a chance to shine. Oh, the pain. Hashtag Jets. That's the thing. Please. It's Mo so Lewis's stupid. most famous thing is making the way for Tom Brady. And it, it sucks because that's not what he was best. It's what he is best known for, but it's not what he was best at. And, and Green Bean, I think you could talk a little bit to this, how good Mo Lewis was and, and, and just the, you know, to, to have his career whittled down to the, oh, he's the guy that knocked out Drew Bledsoe is kind of a, a kick in the balls. It is. It's the it's the worst. You know what I'm going to say, Mister Downtown? It's it's uh it's disrespectful to quite mm. literally one of our greatest players. You're whittling a 12 year dominant career down to one play, which I'm going to share with you, Mister Downtown. I don't know how old you are or whatever, but I'm going to tell you 
100% of Jets fans were ecstatic when that play happened. Mm-hmm. Ecstatic. We knew it was like the best thing ever, man. Okay. We knocked their quarterback out of the game. Now, Bledsoe was he was about to get traded um, to the Bills the next year because of Tom Brady and all that stuff. But at that time, Drew Bledsoe had just been to the Super Bowl. I think it was two years, maybe three years earlier. Okay. He was one of the upper quarterbacks in the league. What happened after Mo Lewis did his job is not a curse. Now, which curse are we? Is it not the name of curse anymore? Now it's the Mo Lewis curse. What is this? What are we talking about? The guy was a dominant linebacker. He did his job perfectly, crushed their quarterback when given the rare opportunity that the guy didn't slide out of bounds. He fucking ripped his entire upper torso off of his body. And now we're going to, like Matt said, revise it and say it's his fault. It's what you want him to do. I hate it. Yeah, I, I yeah. want a pit bull, like, snarling at the other quarterback. Like, I, look, I'm not hoping for injury, but you knock out the other team's starting quarterback, like, oh there's blood in the water. Like, that. Like I'm sorry, that is definitely something that, like, I, I remember when it happened. And I was younger, too. I was probably, I don't even know if I was 10 at that point. But, like, I was very, like, amped up. I knew, I was cognizant of what happened, and there was an exciting feeling for that. No one knew that this sixth-round pick was going to be, like, the you know the second coming of I don't even know whatever great quarterback this guy, like Tom Brady hitting I don't put that on Bill Belichick so much because there's no way Bill Belichick took Tom Brady in the sixth round knowing he would be the quarterback he was if you knew Never. what Tom Brady was going to be he'd be the number one overall pick so there's right. no way yeah. like I, I'm sorry like Mo Lewis being the guy he was and doing what he did way more. You know, think about to it. him and his career than just the hit. Right. Can you imagine like any? So are we going to get mad at any player who does their job with the team that's on the field? You tackle somebody and that puts somebody else in. He ends up being good and you blame the player that tackled him. Like it, it's literally makes it doesn't make any sense. sense. It's, Come it's on. What are we doing? It's the curse. It's, 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 it's because of how successful Brady was is why like the, the transition to what it was. I, is the reason why people are so salty about it. But, like, Mo Lewis was such a better player than just that one hit. And that one hit, like Green Bean said, like, people were fired up. Like, as much as you're not rooting for injury, like, I'm rooting for the other right. team to not do well. And having their backup quarterback is that. 100%. That's right. Yeah. And you say David Harris was better than Mo Lewis. I, I hate when people put me in positions to bash one of my players. Because I like David Harris too, but dude, they weren't even on the same. I mean, it, it started. I'm pretty sure I remember that Mo Lewis was rookie of the year. I'm trying to look over stats now. It's been a long time. I can't even remember. But dude, Mo Lewis was a stud for 12 years on the Jets. And guess what? He guess what else he didn't do? He didn't go to New England when the Jets cut him either. Like he's an all pro. Like David Harris. Did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's an all pro. I mean, dude, the guy. It's just crazy. Again, I don't know if Mr. Downtown ever watched him, and you know, I'm not saying one way or the other, but anybody who watched Mo Lewis coming back and saying, that, oh, he's the guy, it's like it's just the silliest argument in the world. And I think it's disrespectful. The guy, think about that. He was like the end of an era of guys that didn't leave. They didn't play here for three, four years. You could have a Mo Lewis jersey, which I do, and you could have worn it for 12 years and still had him playing on the field. And you can wear it now because he never went anywhere else. 
Mm-hmm. He's a jet. Why would we even look for these arguments? It's fucking it's douchey, Mr. Downtown. I don't know what you're doing, buddy. So I feel like I should have a little score counter in the uh, the top corner of the screen. I see a few Rangers comments. Rangers are up three to one ah. on the Hurricanes with nine minutes left in the third period. Uh, Going to tie the series up if everything holds true. So uh, fingers crossed there for our uh, our Rangers fans. ZK drops in and says, given the feeling of culture and competency that JD and Salah bring, would you take 50% playoff rate or do you call for heads rolling? And at what point? Okay. Um, whoa, hold on. I didn't know this was a thing. Sorry. Mumtat, or sorry, Muttviles gifted five Jets Talk 24-7 memberships. That's a thing now? How, How does you... that work? <laughs> I've never seen this before. Guess there's gifting it? subs on YouTube. Oh, man, that's frigging cool. So, Mutt Viles, I'm going to figure out how to do that, and we're going to send it out to some people, or maybe you send it out, or I, I don't know who sends it out. I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense either. to me, but I'm really excited. It's something I was hoping YouTube would do, because I'd love to give out a uh, you know a membership for a little bit. So that's that's really cool there um sorry confused um oh, oh john gi- was gifted a membership by mud files so mud files can actually gift people memberships look at that Hell yeah. something happening mud files look at this that's freaking cool Some fucking magic wow okay squirmy got one so, so mud files fucking hey. do it why not? Mud files is on a Oh, he tear. gives one to Squirmy Weasel. Oh, dude, that's cool. Fears Grim gets one. Yeah, Squirmy oh, Weasel wow. sounds like a guy who deserves it. Doesn't I he? think so. <laughs> I really there's names that I would like to like see pop up more frequently. For all you new members in the chat, drop in some JETS for all the new members. Uh, Zachary Burner was gifted a membership, and so was Jiraven uh, Matisse. Matty's? Look at him. Wow. He's out of okay, control. that's cool. Wow. That's fun. This is something I haven't seen before. So, Mutt Viles, you, you may have popped my cherry on this, uh, and Rangers are yeah. up 4-1 now. So, hell yeah. Yeah, um, and Mutt Viles, Ryan knows stuff, man. So, if you're if you're sneaking in the back door on Ryan, dude, I got I got to I got to hand it to you. There's oh, yeah. not too many that sneak in the back door on Ryan, but uh that's right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that's where things get clipped yeah no very few. I, uh <laughs> wow that's impressive so very cool mutt vials you uh you caught me off guard there uh <laughs> that boy uh, says mutt vials is oprah you get a membership you get a membership. oh yeah i love hey, ryan is it okay i want to do something i want to yeah. i want to bypass nightbot and at least put mutt vials name in the running Tonight. Yes, absolutely. Mutt Viles gets in the running for the for the shirt giveaway. Hundred percent. I'll allow it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Back to business. ZK drops in, says, "Giving the feeling of culture and competency that JD and Salah bring, would you take fifty percent chance at playoffs, or do you call for heads rolling? And at what point? I'm not calling for any heads rolling." regardless of what happens this year um yeah yeah i am very much on the side of the steelers in that i really believe that having a cohesive unit 
and um, confidence in your coaching staff moving forward generates a better long-term option for your team. Like if you're the GM, you have a long-term vision. If you're the head coach, you need an immediate vision. And if you're a fan, you have the like, I need this now vision. Um, and for me, I would 100% take a 50% off 50% playoff rate. Like that's that's higher than I think the Jets should have at this point in time based on the AFC and based on where we are at our team building perspective. But if you told me we could have, you know, our our name in the hunt in December, we're playing meaning, meaningful games in December, that means a lot to me. Uh, and I would say after this year, let's say Zach Wilson has a horrible uh, situation. He doesn't doesn't play up to where we are hoping he's going to play up to. Then I would say next year we bring in some competition. Maybe it's a Jimmy Garoppolo and you have him and Jimmy G fight it out. Whoever starts, you know, or whoever, whoever wins starts. And if it's Jimmy G, then, you know, you need a quarterback. If it's not Jimmy G and Zach Wilson has stepped up, then I think you're all right. But there's no way I want heads to roll at any point during this offseason. Like that goes for Jeff Ulbrich as well. Like this is the first year he has a full complement of defensive weapons. Uh, and, you know, I, I could be, I could correct this partway through the year. If he winds up getting smoked on every defensive call he makes and every defensive player that he's brought in. But I very much like where this team is headed and I don't want heads to roll and I don't want a playoff mandate. So I will take the 50% off uh, 50% playoff rate because I think that's higher than we should have right now. Anyway, Matt, what are your thoughts? So is the question a 50% chance of making the playoffs this year? I'm, I, I'm just a little confused what I Zay, think it is. I, I would DK take it as this year, or would you or would you take heads rolling? Like, it, I, I think that's where he's going with this. Okay. Yeah, there's not really there's not really a scenario where I see heads rolling after this year. Um, and it, it kind of, like, when it goes back to when I said earlier about uh, the regime needing to win. I think if they did struggle this year, I think that's when you see it, the seat get hot um, is at that point. If you are like, let's just say the jets win four games this year, then I would say Salah and Douglas is in the hot seat and Wilson is in the hot seat going into 2023. Um, yeah. If they look like what they did last year, we're giving up a ton of yards and, and Wilson struggles, then yeah, they are they're going to be on the hot seat going into the following year. Um, the one that I have said before and that gets some pushback is I'm not sold that Douglas is gonna get a second chance to draft a quarterback if things go poorly with Wilson. Hmm. And the reasoning behind that is having the that continuity and that alignment of having your general manager your coach and your quarterback kind of all on the same wavelength because then you kind of get stuck in with like the giants with daniel jones and this new regime or like when uh sam darnold was here um in douglas's first year and with uh what's his name gase so uh Hold on, say that again. You, you don't think Joe Douglas should be able to take a second quarterback, or you think that I, I, I just I, I, I part of it. I think if Zach Wilson isn't the guy, I don't think he will be afforded the luxury of taking another quarterback. I think he will be out of a gut of out of a job. See, so mm -hmm. I just I I don't 
fully disagree, but I, I do disagree with that to an extent. If Joe Douglas's trades have been phenomenal, which they have been, if Joe Douglas's drafts have been phenomenal, which we're hoping to see, the 2021 is the the outlier right now. Can 2022 be the same as 2021? I think is important. His waiver wire pickups pickups have been good. His free agent pickups have been decent. I think if him as a GM overall is positive like i like right now i i view joe douglas as probably our best gm that we've had i would give him the opportunity of drafting or signing a second quarterback after uh i don't know i wouldn't say after this year i'm giving zach a full three years like if zach flames out but the rest of the roster looks good i'm giving joe douglas the the benefit of the doubt to to make a move whether that's be trading for a veteran or, or drafting another quarterback but I think the Jets are in a position now where they weren't the last few years because of Joe Douglas. Um, Greenbean, what are your thoughts? Does Joe Douglas get an, a second opportunity to bring in a franchise quarterback, whether it be through draft, free agency, or trade? Or you think you probably move on from him uh, similarly to maybe the way that McCagnan did where he had his Hackenberg, he'd had his uh, Sam Darnold draft? Yeah. Well, I think Joe Douglas is going to be here for the six years, uh, no matter what. So um, I think that this these owners know and they can see the difference with what they've had here and what Joe Douglas is around the league. Like it's, it's night and day. It's apples to oranges, man. Uh, so I think that uh, he's not on the hot seat. I, I will buy that if it's like a four-win season or something like that, that going into 2023, there's definitely someone on the hop. Like I, I would, I would buy that there's going to be some stress, whether it's on Zach or it's on Sala or some of the coordinators or whatever. But I don't think they're looking to overturn the apple cart on year two. Uh, you know, of these of this regime. This is we're we're going into year two. If they don't get it right yet, I don't think that they're looking to chop heads off. Um, now, as far as just a specific question, if if Joe Douglas would get another crack at a quarterback, I think that he would, only because I think that the rest of the team is going to look uh, significantly improved. Now, if they're not, like, let me rephrase that and say, if the team, you can see that Zach is the problem, then I think he's going to be allowed to get another quarterback going in here. Um, but again, I don't think Joe Douglas is uh, is on the hot seat in the slightest, nor do I think Salah is. I don't think it's contingent upon this year. I think 2023 could be more stressful, but I don't think anyone's on the hot seat this year. They're going to give this young organization more than a half an hour uh, to get it right. Yeah, that's kind of that's sort of where I felt with Ulbrich last year. And maybe if there were a person that could get fired after this year Ulbrich's probably the one I'd, I'd peg to, yeah. to be that person but I'm with you guys I, I or at least like with Greenbean I think the the <laughs> sum of everything that's happened if Wilson is the weak link like everyone thought Wilson was the second quarterback last year like I'm not gonna fault Douglas for pulling the trigger on this guy knowing the upside and everything that was coming from it, so so I'm right there with you. Buffalo Jet fan drops in again. Dude. Uh, he says, Samini sending his kids to college on trolling the Jets for 30 years and fans of other teams wasting their time in our chat, LOL, 
The Mo Lewis slander <laughs> is insane. He's a top 10 Jet of all time. Uh, for those of you that are just tuning in, Buffalo Jet fan, Matt O'Leary, Greenbean, myself, Richie from Jets Media, Primetime and Tyson from Let's Talk Jets Radio, and Joe Blewett are going to be at week one, so make sure you hang out with us and figure out where we're going to wind up being. Um, but yeah, no. Screw uh, Dick Chimney all damn day. Uh, Mutt Files says, can't predict how Brady was going to turn out when we uh, when Drew went down. Also, didn't the Patriots have like Pro Bowl Hall of Fame defense there? Yeah, the beginning part of the... Uh, the beginning part of the Tom Brady era, the first three Super Bowls, 2001, three, and four, were very much defense Super Bowls. Like he had a strong, he had Rodney Harrison, he had Teddy Bruschi, he had uh, Richard Seymour, like all these guys that are elite level defensive players. Tom Brady did the dink and dunk offense. 100% this was all on the defensive side of the ball. And then basically everything from like, was it 2007 with the Giants and, and Patriots? From then on is kind of where I determined like, this is Tom Brady arriving. He has been here for eight, nine years at this point. He understands the NFL. He understands everything that goes into it. Now this is the the takeoff point. Uh, Greenbean, I'll throw this one to you. Do you think Tom Brady at the beginning part of his career, was defensive heavy, or do you think he was always kind of the quarterback that he was always going to be? No, I think they did it right. Now, don't forget, the first Super Bowl that they won, do you guys remember what Belichick did? Uh, they were not a team with a unit that was uh, better than the neck. Like they, were, they, they ran out together. They, they didn't have the offense or defense. They did this whole thing where everybody just has to play as like a team. It's not the, you know, uh, the offense is better or the defense is better. Like they really focused on that sort of stuff because they weren't supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Like they kind of had some interesting little turns to get them there. And uh, they, they just look, that's where you got to hand it to Belichick, man. Like he handled all that stuff beautifully. Now I hated it, you know, so even the word beautifully is hard for me to, to say, but that was really what they did. And then, like Ryan said, the defense was better than the offense for a while. It took Brady a couple years to beat Tom Brady. But like you said, they gave him a lot of high percentage stuff uh, in the beginning. And look, it, it's not that I remember it like it was yesterday, um, but that's what it was. You know, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady right out of the gate. He just looked clearly like yeah. a starting quarterback. It was just like, wow, this this guy can play. I remember when he came in that game after Bledsoe got – got hurt and he was like throwing fucking touchdowns. We were like, what, what's happening here? Why do we suck so bad? Like, why are we, why is there a six string backup quarterback coming in or third string, whatever backup quarterback coming in and looking so good? Little did we know it was Tom Brady, but so he was always good, but it took a while for him to be, you know, this guy that could cover up for, for everybody else's inadequacies. You know what I mean? Um, I just want to point oh, out. Let me John say this: is a very point. mean person. John says Ryan is to Bradley Cooper as Danny DeVito was to Arnold Schwarzenegger in That's Twins. That's mean. Ugh, oh, what a why? jerk! Why are we saying that? What is wow, that? what an aggressive. Let me change stance. your mindset. I want to just tell you that that Mutt Viles is on Twitter right now, giving an educational course on how to give gifts on uh, YouTube. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'll he's doing. Honest, he's I had no away. idea this was a thing, and I cannot thank Mutt Viles enough for being like the fucking man because this is something that I've been asking YouTube for forever, and Twitch was able to do it. And now the fact that I, I don't know if like creators can do it, at the very least, people that are members can do it. Uh, and that's at least a step in the right direction. So that's really fucking cool. Uh, Chris <laughs> drops in. Uh, Jeremy. Jets Chaos with Jeremy joined the economy tier. Thank you, Jeremy. I totally missed that one, so much appreciated. Chris says, forget the haters. We're going to punch a bunch of teams in the mouth and completely ruin their Sunday. We have actual talent. Jet up. Love you guys. Chris, uh, you're the fucking man. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. Kevin C. says, have to agree with Matt. Wilson is the whole enchilada. If he whiffed on that number two pick, it's bad for JD. Plus, his free agency from Perriman to Greg Van Roden has been mixed. Hold on. Hold on. His Perriman pickup. Perriman instead. Was Perriman him? I guess it was him. Perriman yes, it was. Over, that was bad. Yeah. Perriman over Robbie Anderson. He has come out and said, look, Perriman, uh, I should have re-signed uh, Robbie Anderson. So I'm, I'm okay with, with that thought process, the swing on Perriman, the speed, the, the success based on reps and things of that nature. I like the Perriman signing. I was a big fan of the Perriman signing. I have no issue with that. I do think that Robbie Anderson should have been retained, but that being said, Sam Darnold was not getting the ball to Robbie Anderson. Sam Darnold does not have a deep ball. We saw that in Carolina. And we saw that with the New York Jets, so I'm not too upset with that. Greg Van Roten, I don't know what part of his $2 million contract you thought was starter caliber money, but Greg Van Roten was never going to be a starter. It was one of those things that was like, hey, let's see what we got. The guy's a Jet fan. It's a guy that might have maybe some upside, but never going to be the guy that AVT was or that Lakin Tomlinson was. So look, I... I have... When I'm looking at the cumulative sum of everything... That Joe Douglas has done. I will take everything that Douglas has done over any GM that we've had in the past that I've been watching since I've been right. a fan. So we're talking like parcels to now. Uh, Green yeah. Bean, your thoughts? I am. Well, yeah. Well, it's cherry picking. Like, you know, look, every GM is going to have um, moves that they'd like to have back. They're also going to have, you know, moves that are just flat out bad moves or whatever. Now, is Robbie Anderson that bad move? Maybe. Joe Douglas said when Robbie Anderson was having that one good year since he's been gone, um, that hey, you know, I would have liked to, you know, do that one over. And that's that's fine. As far as Greg Van Roten, let's let's just remember, Kevin, exactly what that situation was. They had a fourth round pick, Cam Clark, who was switching from tackle to guard. Uh they he was he kind of had a red shirt rookie year. Um, so they had him, they had Alex Lewis, and they had Greg Van Roten, three guys to battle for that right guard spot because they drafted AVT and they were putting him over there. So that's what was really going on. It just so happened that during training camp, Cam Clark broke his spine, or however you would say that. He had a spinal injury and ended up having to retire. And then Alex Lewis retired out of nowhere. So we were left with Greg Van Roten. It's not like he went out there, signed Greg Van Roten, and went, right guard's good. That, that's not the way it happened. And don't forget, too, he brought in like three or four other guards after Cam Clark went down trying to see if there was any other guy 
uh, that could compete with Greg Van Roten. It was late in the game. And look, does it suck? Yeah, but that's not it's not exactly how we're saying it. He didn't grab, you know, sign Greg Van Roten as the starter, like Ryan said. What part of his two or three million dollars makes you think they were committed to him? You know, there was a three person battle for the right guard spot. Two of the guys had to retire in like a month's period of time. Shit happens. You know what I mean? It sucks. I'm with you. But don't forget, Cam Clark never had an injury concern in college. He was a fucking fantastic draft pick. And, it, you know, it took a year to switch him. It was a great draft pick. And my thoughts on it, I have no proof, but my thoughts are they wanted to give Cam Clark every opportunity to win that job, and he more than likely would have because he's an animal. I love that pick. Just spinal injury. What are you going to do? You know? So, yeah, Joe, I think, like Ryan said, the, the sum of what Joe Douglas has done is – Dude, I mean, look three years ago when he got here, where we were. We had a bunch of contracts we couldn't get out of. We had a bunch of contracts with players that weren't even playing. You know what I mean? We had guys like Tremaine Johnson and Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams. All this stuff. He, he cleaned out the whole cupboard and flipped those losers for an entire draft class of additional capital. Look at the team we have. Whether it works, or none of, nobody knows if it's going to work. But if you look at what's happened over three years, I don't know why we try to cherry pick one or two or three bad moves. And, and it's like, look at the hole. It's fucking it's masterful what we've done here. It's actually giving us a reason to feel confident for once. Thomas Cahill drops in saying stability in the staff is more important than one quarterback. Uh, Matt, I'm going to throw this one to you and then I'm going to ask Greenby in the same thing because I got to go to the bathroom and I got to take a leak. Uh, so Matt, your thoughts on stability in the staff being more important than the cornerback quarterback. Um, it depends. Like uh, it depends, I guess uh, that's not really a good answer, but it, what is the win loss record? Like at that point, um, for this year, because like, if it's, they are middle of the pack, but they're in a situation like the 49ers were with Jimmy G where like the roster around them was good, but you know, Jimmy's not going to get you over the top. That's one thing, but I, I don't know. It's when you usually, my point was that not necessarily that I would move on from him. I just think that it's more often than not, you are aligned with your quarterback that you spend that high of a pick on. If that makes any sense. Hmm. I'll be honest with you, Matt. I was talking to Kevin in the chat. Um, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Buddy? I was just saying, I was just saying <laughs> that it depends on what the win and loss record is for the stability in the staff is more important than one quarterback. When I hear that, because like the people will point to the Steelers as they have the, this organization with great stability, but they had like three losing seasons in like a 30 year window. So it's not really comparable situations because the wins and losses yeah. have to matter eventually. Yeah. I, well, they do. I, I agree at the same time. I don't think, um, I think where I differ, cause I'm with you hundred percent on that to, trying to say, you know, that we're the Steelers or even the Ravens for that matter. They've had Harbaugh for the past, what is it? 15 years or something along those yeah, lines. Just about. Um, so, uh, you know, it's hard to say, that we're going to be them because you got to make sure you have the right guys to be them. At the same time, at some point we have to start, we have to stop walking around with the, you know, with the executioner's hatchet. We, you know, we, we, we have to leave guys in here clearly solid nose football 
He's he's a well-respected football mind out there. We saw LaFleur. He's young. We don't know, but he looked good last year. We can tell that Joe Douglas at least knows how to GM. Let's give these guys some time. If it doesn't work in the in the time frame that maybe we'd hope, I still would rather give those guys their time than chopping their heads up and you know off and going and hiring a new guy. I think at some point the record matters, but I would give Joe Douglas his entire six-year contract. That's why he signed it in the first place. It's like this is not an easy turnaround. The Jets are in the garbage. We have a, we have a ton of work to do here. I need six years, not four. And then Salah got five on top, you know, not four. So Joe got four, six, Salah got five. And I think that they're going to want to give them most of that. Now, if it boils down to, first of all, I think fucking Zach Wilson's going to make it. That's just, let me say, let me put yeah. that out there. While we deconstruct these hypotheticals, I want to make sure everybody knows, I think Zach Wilson is going to absolutely ball out this year. That's what I think. Um, but in the event it doesn't, I think that they're also going to give him more than two years as well. So I, I don't think this is the year for that kind of stuff. I just think um, they're going to have more time than a lot of Jets fans think they're going to have. That's my thoughts on it. That's no, that's fair. Issue. And by the way, I, I also I also think that Douglas, Sala, and Wilson are all the guys. Um, I don't. I'm a believer in all three of those guys. Um, yeah, just want to make that clear because it's not like I'm anti those three. I'm not. I think that it does work out. So actually this whole conversation might not even be worthwhile having, like, why are we doing this debate? <laughs> this, this feels like the, uh, so running into this, we we've talked about a New York minute, right? Like a New York minute is way faster than any other minute anywhere yeah. else. And it, it feels like that because the, the response to a losing season, the response to, uh, maybe not correcting things the way they should be corrected is way more accelerated in the New York market than it is in any other market across sports landscape. So I really hope we follow that sort of uh, Steelers mindset in terms of like, let's let our guys develop. Let's let these guys make the decisions and we'll figure it all out. Um, pump, pump, pump up the champ drops in says, I don't know about y'all, but I hate Woody Johnson as our owner. He's the reason Belichick burned us back in 99 and started our spiral. Yes. Um, there is oh, some yeah. some thought to the, the Belichick didn't want to have Woody Johnson as, as his owner. Um, I don't know if that is solely the reason or if it was more so the Jets were trying to put Belichick on the back burner while, while Parcells was kind of the guy. Um, but I will say this, as much as people give the Johnsons a lot of shit for, for being owners, I would take the Johnsons over a lot of other owners in most professional sports. They have shown the ability to fork over the money, whether it be for head coaches, whether it be for, uh, trade assets, whether it be for free agents, like these guys are not afraid to spend money to win. And they go outside and they try to get helpful, uh, consultation on right, bringing guys in right? and, it, and it's just kind of flopped like it's not that they haven't tried it's that things yeah. just haven't worked out and i do think they've hit gold with joe douglas so look i i don't dislike chris or woody johnson some of the mistakes they make are more so them just not being football guys as opposed to not caring and not wanting the team to win so i don't dislike the johnsons as much as maybe some other fans uh maybe feel like green bean any thoughts on the johnson's ownership 
Yeah, look, I, 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 it's a touchy one because there's a couple of things, right? Like one, they blew it on the stadium thing. So a lot of fans, mm-hmm. they, they can't get past that, right? Like, why are we still sharing a stadium with the Giants? I get it. I do. Business mindset. Why wouldn't you take uh, another team that could literally pay for half of it in that market? Like, I know there's that court case out there about the Jets are in shitty Meadowlands, not New York City. Dude, it's New York City. You can see New York City from, I mean, it's like, I mean, they're closer than many other teams, but it's, that's a fantastic place to be without having to be, um, you know, within Manhattan's borders and all that sort of stuff. So I, it does make sense, but I hear it. But as far as the ownership, they clearly, like one of the things I respect most about somebody is when they own that they can't do something, that they don't know how to do something rather than just continuing to kind of bulldoze through. What Woody Johnson did was he went outside and got a consultation firm. Now, it completely flopped, uh, you know, because he was holding on to Rex Ryan. So he still had a, a piece to that, right? He didn't want to let Rex Ryan go and the whole thing. But then he goes out, he fires everybody, and, and he goes and gets two former GMs, two very successful GMs to, to staff his team. Dude, that shows humility. I mean, I'm sure in certain circles he was getting laughed at by his owners, you know, his, his peers and everything. What, you don't know how to fucking hire a football coach? You know, what's wrong with you? You own a football team. But he did it anyway. Again, it flopped. You know? So the thing I like about the Johnsons is that, just like you said, Ryan, the, as bad as our GMs have been, whenever they said, hey, I want to go give this guy a crazy, ridiculous contract that's going to be the highest contract in history and blah, they signed the check. They never had a problem with it. They were always game for giving our shitty GMs whatever money they want. They're not cheap owners as far as the team goes. I get why people don't like them, but I think with the way you said it is perfect, man. There's a lot of worse owners out there, and I think if Joe Douglas can turn this team around, which I think he's going to, I think the Johnsons are, are going to really be seen as uh, like turning the corner as far as their ownership goes. Yeah. And Thomas Cahill dropped in with a super chat says better than Hess. And yeah, the, the most successful period of jets football has been under Woody Johnson's watch. Like if you're looking, I mean, aside from, you know, the super bowl, super bowl three, the vast majority of winning has happened during the, the Johnson era even though the last 10 years have been kind of kind of shitty there. That's uh, right. Gabe drops in, says, since we're talking linebackers, right. who are your three favorite linebackers since the mid-'80s? Mine are, of course, Mo Lewis, David Harris, and Marvin Jones. Um, I would say mine are probably David Harris, Mo Lewis, and I would say Jonathan Vilma would be my three. Um with like kind of a to be determined like Demario Davis. Like I wish we had him longer, like his jet career, not as, not as exciting. I wish we had Vilma longer than we did. I thought he was really good. If we didn't switch defensive schemes, I think he would have been a really impressive player for us. Uh, Matt, do you have three favorite linebackers? Um, yes, I am going to go. So I really only saw like one year, of mo lewis um i was pretty i think oh three was his last year so i saw very and that was really my first year getting into it mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna go with guys that i've seen i'm gonna go david harris uh jonathan vilma and eric barton Ooh, interesting 
Green Bean, what about you? Since Eric the Barton, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that that's was a, one I remember people being pull. very upset about. Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, all right. My number one favorite linebacker the Jets ever had is Mo Lewis, right? But um, a very, very close second is Kyle Clifton. He was a guy, he was getting 200 tackles a year and shit. He was the only guy we had for a long time. And the guy that replaced him, I would have to say, is number three, and that is Marvin Jones. Uh, now, I loved Brian Cox. There was lots of guys I loved for their temporary time. But Marvin Jones' whole career was a Jet. Kyle Clifton's whole career was a Jet. Mo Lewis' whole career is a Jet. I, I got to sit and watch those guys as if they were like I knew them. You know what I mean? They were my linebackers, and I fucking loved them. I loved them. You know, I never I, – I see some some comments, Bart Scott – in the chat oh yeah bart scott maybe soured on me a little bit (laughs) this past year but no bart scott (laughs) is absolutely a linebacker that 2009 10 11 whenever we had him for was such an exciting player to have he was violent the interview with him after the patriots playoff game where it's like can't wait like couldn't stop a nosebleed like that is everything i wanted the jets to be so i would probably put bart scott ahead of either vilma or, you know, Demario Davis and my thoughts, you know, reconsidering that. Uh, Mr. Downtown yeah. says, if we have a promising season of at least eight wins, which Jets assistant is most likely to get a head coaching job, Booth LaFleur, Ron Middleton, or other, I think LaFleur, if we, if we have a good season, if we have eight wins and Zach Wilson looks really good, I think LaFleur is absolutely going to be the guy that people start to look at. And the fact that, uh mcdaniel or mcdaniels or whatever the guy down in miami was looked at so favorably after one year being the guy in in san francisco it would lead me to believe people believe in the shanahan system and i think lafleur would be on the way i really like ron middleton i would just be surprised if he's known well outside of the jets scope of things matt your thoughts if there's a promising uh, season for the Jets this year, which assistant is most likely to get poached for a head coaching job? Uh, it's LaFleur, and it would be if Zach Wilson takes that step that is like the, the dark horse candidate to lead the league in touchdown passes. Like it, it would take Wilson becoming a star this year, which sure it could happen, um, but I think it's much more likely him over Ulbrich just based on what we saw last year. Matt uh, Greenbean, what about you? What do you think? Uh, which head, which assistant might be the most likely to be a head coach? I mean, I, I guess from what we saw, it would be Lafleur. Um, I'm wondering about Middleton. I think Middleton. I could see Middleton leapfrogging him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it just we don't know how. You know, like as an offensive coordinator, what his chops are, but as a leader of men. I think that has been uh, all but decided. I mean, Middleton's got that, man. He can inspire the living hell out of you. And uh, so I, I I could see that. Um, you know, but look, you know, LaFleur is so young that, like, I have trouble seeing him get pegged so fast. But Joe Brady got interviews after his first year in Carolina. So And look, McVay was super young. Um, so I don't know. I think LaFleur could get it. And now if he has like one of those really successful seasons, like let's say Zach is historic as at least as far as jets go, like a, a 3,500 yards or some shit like that. Hmm. I think our highest touchdowns is 31. So 
Um, I think like, so if he ends up, yeah, it's crazy. 31. It's just, it's so ugly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think to, if he ends up getting our offense to fire on all cylinders and we're like a legit offense, I could see it, man. I could see him getting pegged. And then I would hope we'd bump Middleton up, uh, somehow. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I, I gotta say LaFleur, um, as a default kind of, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Maybe middle. Sam drops in and says, how many head coaches and GMs have the Steelers had? It is time to continue a culture of longevity and prosper, or sorry, and proper competitive team building. I'm pretty sure the Steelers, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's five head coaches in the history of their franchise. Mm -hmm. I think it's five. Yeah, and and it's only, yeah, it's only three in the past 40 years or something like that. Um, it's fucking crazy, man. It's crazy. And there is a consistency. And part of that comes with having good football and strong GMs and thing of that, things of that nature. But having consistency among leadership in any company, it doesn't have to be football. There is a, a um, I don't want to say a lifestyle, a, a pattern that you follow. When you have good leadership and people fall in line and say, you know, I believe in this company. I think you're more likely to have staff retention. I think you're more likely to have buy-in from the rest of the staff and, and having good ownership is where that kind of stems from because everything flows top down. But if the jets can mimic what the Steelers have, I mean, that's, I I think that's everything that, that jet fans would want to have from a, an organization. Muttvile says, Ryan week one, I'm finding you. LOL. By the way, 464 people in here, 300 likes, 10, memberships gifted 400 likes for 25 jets are going to shock the world this season so boys and girls hit that like button if we get up over 300 likes then i guess mutt vials i have i don't know how gifting memberships works but i guess mutt vials can do it so at 300 likes we're getting an additional five memberships at 400 likes we're getting an additional 15 or no 20 crazy so absolutely hit that like button let's see what winds up happening because i'm just as curious as you guys are with all this sorts of stuff mutt vials is the motherfucking man uh <laughs> let's see we got pup pump up the champ coming uh-huh. in uh harry w upgraded his membership actually uh to the frequent flyer tier so thank you harry uh pump up the champ says can we start a petition to replace rich samini aka dick chimney as Frankie from Flatbush calls him, the guy mm-hmm. is such a Debbie Downer, man. Samini's I don't I don't love talking negatively about the beat writers, but I definitely so so we had this whole boycott the beat thing going on a little while ago where we talked about like, hey, like these guys are spinning a negative negative story on the New York Jets. And I think a lot of us had issue with the the attacks on the character of our players without any sort of justification for it. And Samini, while he drives a bunch of clickbait does provide some sort of value. But I think when you're irritated with Samini, rather than retweeting him, rather than clicking on that ESPN, uh, you know, post that you have to pay for and be an ESPN insider, Come over to the three of us. You have an opportunity to hear some level-headed Jets analysis on some of the stories that wind up coming out from the beat writers. Um, Greenbean, any thoughts on Dick Chimney 
and how uh, Jeff fans should maybe handle the uh, the negative aspect of our beat yeah. sometimes. Yeah, the absolute best way to do it is to is to block them. Like I don't see the only time I see anything from Samini is when people that I do communicate with like retweet stuff. That that's it. I don't see anything. Um, that's the best way to do it, man. It's just to take them off the off your radar and 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 it goes away. But one thing I will say is that Rich Samini is literally the creator of a lot of the negative stuff. He's been doing it for a long time. People like to say, "Oh, he's the new Manish Mehta." Rich Samini pre- preceded. Manish made it. He's been doing this for, I couldn't stand what he was writing 25 years ago. You know what I mean? When he wrote for, I think it was for the daily record or not the daily record, the daily news. And then he went to the, well, he was daily news, but he was somewhere else first. I forget what it was. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, look, if you don't want to argue with them is what they want. Like that's what they want to do. You know, I'll talk to you guys about it, but I don't click on their stuff. I don't argue with them. I don't read anything, uh, by them. Um, that's the best way. Just take them off your, uh, your peripheral there. Matt, how are you feeling about the beat? Not great. Um, I just, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've talked about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but I just think that sometimes they get into a habit of trying to drive storylines that aren't exactly there, um, and creating narratives, which that bothers me sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we're we're probably all on the same page there. Uh, green bean, or not green bean, Matt. I'm gonna have you go to last week's talking Jets. Huh? We've already hit the ten o'clock mark. This this has gone way faster than I otherwise uh, anticipated. So make sure you guys hit that like button, green bean. Uh, how many qualifiers we got on your uh, your notepad over there? I got ten. I got to add one more because of the most recent recent bump. Oh, uh, let's so see. You guys hit that like button for every 25 we yeah. get. We get another t-shirt qualifier. So you might be able to get entered yourself. If we can get up to 300, not to mention Mutt Viles is giving away a few memberships. So you get some of the cool emojis like the J E T S, the freeze bean, the Joe Douglas middle finger, uh, all those good ones over there in the chat. So make sure you hit that like button. Uh, Matt, I want you to pull up five of your favorite Michael Clemens, uh, comments from last week's stream guys <laughs> if you're watching this after the fact drop some michael clemens jokes in the uh the comments section we'll do another round of this next week really enjoy that uh b trav says i love when ryan is buzz he's great sorry <laughs> i've had two ipas and a white claw i don't even know what these ipas are at for newsday that's where it is sorry afrim thank you newsday oh that's where he was first that's right. These are Thank 8%. You. I've had 2% oh, and then I guess whatever. <laughs> the, the claw's probably 4 or something if I had to guess. Where are we at? All right, I'm ready 5%. over here. You, 5% you guys are ready. I'm ready too. All right. Oh, so, uh, wow, we're only at 17. You guys have 17 likes to get above 300. Um, so do that while Matt is reading off our five favorite Michael Clemens jokes for Green Bean to add their name. So, Matt, fire away. Lou Chandler says, Michael Clemens makes onions cry. (laughs) 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 I like it. Uh, Then you you have Genko Abandoned, A-B-B-A-N-D-A-N-D-O, says, Oh, wait, I just lost this. He had a good one. 
Sorry. Please hold. That's right. Sorry, Michael Clemens has a bare carpet in his room. It's not dead. It's just afraid to move. There we go. That was it. <laughs> That's good. Love it. I like that one. Uh, Come on, three more, everybody. Three more. Kev says, Kev Chata says, Clemens is the only one in the world who can email a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hang on, I'm trying to mix it up here a little bit. Okay. Um, disregard Papa. Michael Clemens makes Belichick see ghosts. <laughs> and let's see if we can find one more in here. Uh, someone just comments t-shirt giveaway. They just wanted the t-shirt giveaway. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Let's find another Michael Clemens. There was a few on there that I think. Oh, okay. Matt McCormick. Here we go. Matt McCormick says Michael Clemens didn't fall to the fourth round. He electric slid his way up to it. Ooh, I really like that. One. <laughs> that's a good one. Mutt Viles hit the gifted 10 Jets Talk 24-7 memberships. Mutt Viles is the man. Wow. Look at everyone who's claimed him. So uh, Nick uh, wow. D.A. Nick Dow. The 40... Second Ego, Benji Unger, Josh McMinn, Mike Gestiano, Sneaky Bob, Trainer Tone, Kyle Takayama, GB515. What is that? One, two, three, four, five. I don't know how many that is, but that's a bunch of them. Thank you, Mutt Viles, for dropping in all those memberships. Much appreciated. This is Mutt Viles is basically the Oprah of the Jets fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know, you get a membership. You get a membership. Look under your seat. Look under Look your under seat. Your There's seat. A you all win a, you know, a car. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Green Bean, do we have all our contestants based on oh. Matt's uh, thoughts as well as uh, what we have in the likes department? Oh, Matt gave me names. Is that what Ooh. he was doing? <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. No. Great. Yeah, I was listening to the Michael Clemens comments. That's all I was doing. I'm sorry. All right, Matt, fire away. Come on, let's find those comments. Sorry, buddy. Okay, it was was, uh, Matt McCormick. (laughs) Okay. Oh, geez. Um, Disregard Papa. Nice. Um, Genko. Abandondo. Okay. Kev Chada. And who is the who the hell was the fifth one? Uh no, we did disregard Papa. Lou Chandler. There you go. That was the fifth there one. There it is. Sorry, man. Sorry. I was just enjoying. So I was like just listening. So Greenbean, <laughs> let's let's throw a, th- a few more on there. There's a few funny ones that have popped up in the chat. Uh, okay. Michael Clemens doesn't need a mask on Halloween. That's Boozer thirty two. Um, we've got uh, Michael Clemens is the reason Waldo is hiding from Knobcraft. There you go. Kevin C says Michael Clemens can sneeze with his eyes open. 
So uh, downtown said he doesn't take the trash out. It takes itself out. Ooh, that was cool. that's a good one, too. I'm going to run out of room on a that. shirt for this stuff. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, All right. All right. Let's do some odds or evens here. Creamy, you got our list? Yep. Three, two, one. We got an odd. Scratch him off, Green Bean. All right, odd. Matthias Simon, you're gone. Oh, J Dubs, Jingle Dubs, you're gone. Mutt Viles is gone. That sucks. Stephen Engel, you're gone. Paris, you're gone. Tin Star, you're out. Matt McCormick, Kev Chada, Matt Morris. Okay, let's do it. So Terry Monroe says Michael Clemens makes Arnold Schwarzenegger say, I won't be back. Oh, <laughs> I'm not coming back. I, I will <laughs> not be back. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. That's an even. We got six. All right. Woo-hoo. All right. Joe S. You're gone. Hawk is gone. Wild wave. Jinko Abinando is gone. Let's see here. And Joe S., you're gone. All right. Three, two, one. That's an even. An even. Okay. Harry, you're gone, buddy. Uh, disregard Papa's gone. That's it. We got three left. Three left. Okay, chat. First number to pop up plus whatever we throw up. Three, two, one. That's an eight. What number we got? We got eight plus... Plus two. two. Eight plus two. Mutt files with the two dropping in. Uh, That's a ten. That's an even number. Who's our winner, All Green right. Beans? Yeah. Well, I still got two. That only took one of the three away. Oh, no, it didn't. No, no. Okay, Lou Chandler is our winner. Lou Chandler, reach out to me on social media. Let's get your information. I'll send you out a sauce shirt or... The shirt of your choosing. Uh, boys Ooh. and girls, we've reached the end of our stream. We thank you very much. Make sure you hit that like button on the way out. But let's go around our panel. Let's give our closing thoughts. Green Bean, any thoughts for our panel? Yeah, if you're not done, I'm still in the mood to yell some more. So in about 20 minutes, we're going to open up the After Hours Jets Fest on Green Bean Jets Fans YouTube page. So I'll be over there in a few minutes. All are welcome. Matt, any last words for our panel? um let's see subscribe to all three of us please like this video check out uh exit 16 west this week we have will parkinson coming on so if you want subscribe to the patreon and you get that there you go nice i love it i love it boys and girls thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight we love all your faces you guys have been a whole lot of fun make sure you hit that like button on the way out this is jets talk signing off j-e-t Wilson pulls the trigger.